Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to a and Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. And today we're here to review the Disney Plus film, Soul. And this movie stars Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Rachel House, um, Angela Bassett, Felicia Rashad, and a good amount of other people. But um, those the main these names. Yeah, those are the main ones. But matching these names and voices, I couldn't tell you all of them. But <laughs> <laughs> and they do they do a really good job of of you know the the whole artwork of of uh, Pixar and just really making those characters and voices one. It it was really good. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. But Soul tells the story of a middle aged man who is a um, middle school band teacher who doesn't particularly love his job but he doesn't hate it but he finally gets the opportunity to play with this band this local band and he sees it as his shot to uh make it out and you know become famous but what did you get from soul yeah i would honestly being and i I, i'd watch some of the um extras um, on Disney Plus with this. It kind of reminded me of back in the days you can get a DVD and you can look at the video extras. But um, it's interesting how it's, it's about, you know, obviously jazz music is heavily influenced in it um, throughout the story. But they don't, like in the commercials and everything, I didn't think that soul would be taken the way, they, the way it was. I was thinking more of like soul music and jazz being a big part of that. But it is really a big movie about um you know the purpose of life the person purpose of you and your life and um what maybe happens before you're born and what happens after um with very vague and abstract things um that can kind of fit into everyone's culture um so it really took on a lot of those deep meaning of life questions um head on and Definitely wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't expecting that either. Really, I hadn't watched the trailer in a while um, before I saw it. So I pretty much forgot everything about it. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, Like you were talking about with the um, jazz being played Mm -hmm. throughout the film. Um, A lot of African-American people all throughout the film. Um, Jamie Foxx's character... Uh, Joe, you know, just a simple name, right? Um, <laughs> Average they Joe. Have, yeah, they have a scene in the barbershop, which is pretty nice. Um, I mean, just like how a barbershop would be, you know, guys just um, joking around, talking sports, and um, just having a good time, just being around each other. But, um, so I think it's not really your usual Pixar type of film. Most of these films, they kind of center around a child and Mm -hmm. they are trying to improve on something or overcome something. But this time it focuses on an adult, a middle-aged man that is trying to basically uh, live out his dream. But I mean, it's it's a very unusual kids movie. It, and I don't feel like it for, is. For, well, I yeah. Like I, mean, I need to talk to a kid who's watched it and see what they thought it was about. Yeah, I mean, I think the perfect person would be Caden. <laughs> yeah, him <laughs> trying to describe this. <laughs> yeah, because, I, mean, he, he, I mean, he's very kid-like. Yeah. And, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, that's my nephew, your cousin. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like to see his interpretation, like what he really thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not much of a kids movie because there's so many deep things about, you know, life and uh following your dreams and trying to overcome. But 
I, I think it's it's a really good movie. Yeah, I think it's a solid movie. I think um, I've watched it twice at this point now. Um, and I really, I'm glad that Disney Plus put this on there without the extra premium uh, and just putting it there, I think was a good decision. Uh, I think it would have been great in theaters as well. Um, I would love to have seen that, but I think this played really well on small screens, TVs, laptops, that kind of a thing. Um, I like how relatable it really feels with Joe being kind of the average Joe. I feel like it's not hard for you to put yourself in that position. Um, his The story arc with his mother and all those things is, is very interesting. Um, and him kind of, he kind of figures out his purpose or what maybe his purpose should or should not be, um, or if he should decide that even while watching it live through another person's experience in his body. So, and that's the whole like big plot twist, I guess, is um, Joe says he died a happy man if he gets to play the saxophone in a jazz band with Dorothea Williams and he gets this big gig and then he, well, he dies a happy man. Um, but it's his big break and he's not ready yet. So he pushes back and falls to the space time continuum, something about quantum physics <laughs> and lands in what they call the great before. Um, where he meets all the souls before they're sent to Earth and given a personality. And um, this is where he meets Tina Fey's character, 22, and really tries to teach her the meaning of life um, and ends up learning more about it himself through her eyes. Yeah. Um, and we also have some protectors of this time continuum. Um, I think they're all named Jerry. <laughs> I think um, one is Terry. I think the short one is Terry for some reason. But okay, Terry is... <laughs> yes, so so Terry is the one who keeps count of all the souls who enter from Earth, basically yeah. the people who die, who are supposed to be going on track to the great beyond. And uh, before I move, move on from that point, the great beyond, I wish I could have seen more of that. Like, what is their in interpretation of the great beyond? Um, that's basically the afterlife. Like, what what's their interpretation? I would have liked to see it as well, but I and I was I was reading some things after I watched the movie, and they said they think they took that approach so that it could be universal. Um, no matter what you think the end is, you will get there. That kind of a thing, right? Because um, you have Coco, where obviously in that Hispanic culture. Um, they, I forget what they call the place, but it's almost like an it's like an afterlife that's another town um, with all your deceased relatives um, singing, dancing, that kind of a thing. And the person I was reading, he suggested that in this interpretation of the great beyond, Coco can still happen. It's just your interpretation of what's happening. Um, and I kind of like that, thinking it's such a big concept. There's maybe not a right answer to what the other side looks like. Um, and this is like the, the blank slate. And I think the artwork, even the artwork of Joe's soul and 22's soul um, and the Jerry's and the great before really hammers in this idea of a blank slate. Everything is kind of, there's no real straight lines and it's very ambiguous feeling. Like you don't know if some things are soft or hard it's like all these really interesting things um, that just make you think because they don't answer any questions, really. They just give you questions to think about. Like, why do you think a purpose is important? Or <laughs> why do you think... Um, they even say... So they even say the word hell, right? So he was like, you know, I didn't make it there. Am I in the other place? And they say hell? Like, there? Like, <laughs> and it's like, no, he's not there. <laughs> but it's like, it, they're not saying it doesn't exist. They're not saying it does. But if you think it does, you're not there. And that's interesting. Answering questions by not answering questions. Yeah, that, that's one way to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I just wish I could have learned more about the great beyond. But also, apparently, Joe, he dies with his glasses. Now, I know that <laughs> that's not a real thing, but right. he had glasses and his hat. while he was a soul. Yeah, and his hat. You yeah, know, it's very unclear how the rules work. Yeah, but I mean, that's fine. It's a kid's movie. You accept it. Um, but 
as he's on the path to the great beyond, he falls into the time continuum to the great before. And that's when he meets 22, like you were talking about. But 22 is this um, really rebellious uh, soul in a way before they get to earth. Now, all the souls in the great, what's it, the great before, mm -hmm. um, they have to mature to get to earth. They have to earn all their stripes, like kind of like a, a scout, a, mm -hmm. a little boy scout or girl scout um, from one of their mentors. And the mentor is somebody who's actually lived on earth and they're going to teach the soul to um, be able to be born and, you know, be able to um, do everything on earth. But 22 has been through so many mentors all throughout history. It's been almost impossible to get 22 on earth. And that's where Joe comes in, even though he's trying to get back on earth. He forms a friendship with 22 in a way um, by mentoring him slash her. We don't even know. That's I mean, right. They're genderless. Sure. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they tell us that because uh, 22 says that they can sound like anything, even though Joe was like, why do you sound like a middle-aged woman? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's often his voice annoying. Uh, so, but I can sound like anyone, even you. Um, and then does that, which is, again, a very interesting concept, um, a way of, you know, talking about something without not talking about something, non-gender binary, um, and how that being exists um, before they pick or choose or are assigned or however um, in the great before. Yeah, um, but in a way, 22 does not want to ever go to Earth because they see it as a bad place because there's been, you know, multiple people come through and, um, you know, have to go into the great beyond. But 22 just feels like that's where they currently are is paradise in a way mm -hmm. because you can almost do anything. Um, and it, it does really seem that way because there's not many rules I mean, no, keep messing up. <laughs> it's not, and you know, I kind of feel like if you remember um, Zootopia and Shakira's Try Everything, I feel like that song should have been in this movie in the Hall of Everything. That scene, um, so we talked about earning your stripes to find your personality or um, traits before you go back to Earth or go to Earth. Um, there's this you can go through the memories of your mentor. Um, or you can go to the Hall of Everything and just try out everything until it sparks your interest. Um, and 22 um, doesn't have anything that sparks their interest. So as of yet. Um, and I kind of think 22 and Joe had this same problem viewing living as purpose driven and thinking it has to be the certain thing that's going to make your life what it's supposed to be. Um, and of course, through the journey of this, we find that's not quite the case. And we don't really get an answer on that either. I feel like it's almost almost less than Rafiki in The Lion King when he's talking to um, Simba, you know, I know who you are and all these things and giving vague answers. I feel like the Jerry's in this movie give even vaguer answers because um, they a throwaway line. You, you um, mentors and their purpose of life. Um, I think it's just so basic. And just walks away. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I am basic. I, there's more to life than that. Um, to also, also, these Jerry's, do they not really keep count of the beings that come through? Um, I guess Terry might be the only one, but Terry, they kind of just get away with that. They sound like like camp counselors or RAs um, who are just there to manage because um, the souls can't hurt themselves. They're just kind of guiding them along. Um, and it's pretty free flowing. They, they bend the rules um, not often, but they definitely have the ability to. Um, and Terry is the rule follower, I guess. But it's interesting there because they're all one identity, um, just different versions of themselves. Um, and they, ex they give the, I mean, they explain what they are for like five seconds and it's some quantum physics, multiple realities 
thing. Like, but you can just call me Jerry. Like, I'll just appear like this so you can grasp that concept because it's too big for you. <laughs> we don't know how they got there, how the Jerry's exist. Are they at the beginning of time? Do they represent a God figure? Um, don't know. And the movie doesn't try to answer those questions. It just wants uh, us to follow Joe's story of finding what he thinks the meaning of life is and how that might change and how 22 can find that meaning along with Joe on their fun run through the city. There's always has to be a small animal along in these, these movies. So what was kind of flipped, the sidekick was now Joe and Joe was 22. Um, essentially they tried to do this soul switcheroo thing where we spark 22's interest and get an earth pass and give it to Joe so Joe can go back to earth and live his life and play music. Um, that was the gig at least. And they almost did it, but of course hijinks happen and they get placed in the wrong bodies. Joe gets put in a cat, an emotional support animal, and 22 gets put in Joe's body. And so they're going to the city of New York as she learns what being a human is in Joe's skin, literally walking a mile in his shoes. But there were a lot of plays on words in this, like, Mm -hmm. The idea of walking a mile into one's shoes, Joe and 22 could be seen as soulmates, um, which is an interesting thing, not romantically, mm -hmm. but the idea that you don't have to be romantically involved and be a soulmate. Um, in the back Can of I think of that one. Yeah. Um, in the back of the mom's, Joe's mom's shop, she's a seamstress, and there was a picture that said, Sewing Men's the Soul, um, on the back of the wall, which is a very popular little poster. Um, but obviously, they had a lot of growth and development in that room and this movie's about souls and it's happening um so a lot of little things and too many i mean yeah moonwind and his gang of people <laughs> are masters at getting in the zone to go to this in-between place of the great before um and i guess the great beyond um lots that of that was the most unbelievable part though the, the the zone was interesting because you have this moment where in life you're doing something and it just goes great. Like it's supposed to, like it's just, you're just vibing and it's just happening and you're in the zone, whatever that is for you, playing music, writing paper or talking to someone or playing a sport, in the zone. Um, and apparently if you can, I don't know, align your chakras enough, you can get into the zone and then enter this spirit realm. Um, and Moonwind gets in the zone by twirling a sign, which is hilarious. Um, but that's a big, it's a big plot point in the movie and they go back and forth to this area. Um, it kind of looks like um, the Black Panther um, ancestral plane oh, yeah. with the color scheme. Um, and even the way that they use the sand for the, um, what's, it's, what's the opposite? When you're in the zone and then you get frustrated and um, what do they call that? I'm not sure, but I, I, just, I was just going to say out of the zone. <laughs> right. Essentially, you're out of the zone. But if you, let's say you're doing something you love and all of a sudden it becomes overwhelming and you're panicking, um, it puts you in this rut where you can't oh, yeah. really get anything done. What's it called? Well, I, I was just saying, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you just turn into this big purple monster. Right. In, the, in this representation, your soul falls out of the zone because you're floating in the sky in the zone and you get consumed by this dark sand um substance it's it's so weird how this movie is so simple yet so much happened and i still can't explain it like, <laughs> i feel like the, the trailers in this movie were wonderful because the trailers i i feel like that had nothing to do with the movie like, it did not tell me or show me anything. Yeah, it was out of context. Like, every trailer is out of context. But the movie just does so many things that you don't think it's going to do. Like, I don't think there's a way to summarize it properly. Mm, I, I guess you can summarize the the premise of the story. But yes, when you start describing more and more things, it's like the, the deeper you go, you so, realize more stuff. Exactly. It's like, what are you talking about? Jerry's and Terry's and other lines who can travel to the to Earth and really freak people out. Um, I 
<laughs> Can't they kill them? Scenes. He almost killed somebody, right? Terry? Yeah, he did. He because he was looking for Joe in twenty two to take their souls back to where they're supposed to be, and he takes the wrong person. So that person was dead for a few minutes, and then he realizes, oh, uh, sorry. Um, well, it's not your time, and stop eating processed foods. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, would you consider this a comedy? Um, no, not really. I, I, I would say it's something like a Marvel movie where you got a main central story with a sprinkle, or maybe not sprinkle, halfway comedy or some jokes. Yeah, in there. there were comedic moments, but it was very thought provoking for the most part. It wasn't necessarily a drama, but not even coming to age. I mean, Joe was a middle-aged man. I mean, but in some ways, he's found his new lease on life. I don't know. Yeah. And just to talk about Joe, um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to his character because as you, let's say as a child, you have dreams of becoming something, but then you go through throughout life and once reality kind of hits you now for some people they can live exactly what they want to do their dreams but Mm -hmm. most people they have to lower the expectations and do do things that they have to do not exactly what they want to do right um but joe finally gets that chance whenever um an old student of his who's in a, a local band gives him the opportunity to play with this famous lady in the town, I think. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. They, you know, they've been trying to um, live out their dreams for the whole life, but they have to get a regular job, uh, a regular nine to five job, mm-hmm. but they still want to live out their dream. Right. Very relatable story for sure. Um, he was willing to never give up. You know, he's like, if I don't have music, I don't care. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep if it's not music. Right. And there were some really, I mean, I I feel like that scene with him and his mom, when he's really talking about how passionate he is for music. I mean, that was, that was pulling the heartstrings. I mean, he was really, you could feel some depression. um, This sense that I've wasted my life um, following a dream. It was sad. I mean, he was, he was on the, like, so, with the work that I do, someone makes those statements, and the next sentence you ask them is, "Have you thought about ending your life?" Like, I mean, he was on—he <laughs> was really depressed, and it was—I <laughs> was like, "Where is this movie going?" Because <laughs> this is not good. This is not good at all. This man is crying for help, and if his mom does not throw him a bone, I'm not sure what he's going to do. <laughs> he's because and, yeah. and and with the way this all ends, I was preparing my emotions for Joe to die, for him to just go to the great beyond and accept it. But if you do that, I mean, that's almost like suicide in a way. It felt like. Like he was yeah. choosing to be done, if that would have happened. But really, he was actually supposed to be there. He was supposed to be there anyway, home. but he was trying to avoid it, which is <laughs> good. Um but the fact that he was willing to accept it, that's hard. After he knew he could find a way to make it different. Yeah. That's 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 a lot. That's that's big. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think about that conversation alone, where he's, you know, talking to his mom, again, what does like an eleven year old get from that scene? Because that's a lot <laughs> going on. <laughs> She was like, this music ain't going to pay the bills. I mean, I saw your father. He went through this. Who do you think was paying all the bills while he was playing? <laughs> He's the, I don't care if I'm broke. This is my passion. If I don't have music, I don't have nothing. I feel well, like you're going to be on the street like a bum. That That's what he was about to say. He's about to say, <laughs> I live on the streets. It don't matter. Right? I mean, I mean if, if you look at his life, he doesn't have a significant other. He doesn't have any children. He's nope. been holding on to this dream his whole life. Right. And th- does he still live with his mother? 
So it looks like he doesn't live with his mother because they got in a taxi at the end of his performance when he did get to perform. Um, and they went home. And her stuff wasn't in his house. So it looks like he lives alone. Um, but I like how they also didn't, like, shame him. Like, 22 didn't be like, wow, you have no one? That's sad. Like, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> was, I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, he kind of came to that realization on his own, subliminally. You look, He's looking around through 22's memories in his body um, of just breathing in the city and looking at people talk and those kinds of things. That's what he's missing. Talking at the barbershop, he needs, he's missing quality of life things that he now realizes he needs to have. And that's the purpose of living, not playing music. That's just one of the benefits. Yeah, and you can probably get, um, I don't know, a significant other or something. Right, something. So I'm going to ask you this. So do you remember the, the quote that Dorothea Williams gave to Joe outside the club when they first performed together? Um, it's it stuck um, in my mind. And I feel like that was, for some reason, at that moment, I could really tell it was Angela, or, um, yeah, Angela Bassett. Um, it just felt like her for some reason. <laughs> I think she was saying. So she said... Um, she once heard this story about a fish. And the fish came to the other fish, to a much older fish, and said, I'm looking for this thing called the ocean. And the older fish says, that's what's all around you. The younger fish says, no, this is just water. I'm looking for the ocean. And oh, OK, yeah, I remember that. Right. And that wouldn't really mess me. I was like, what? Because then she just gets in the cab and leaves. Um, and I've heard I've, I've heard a couple different interpretations. I think she was maybe saying, because uh, Joe was pretty much saying like, "This is it. Like, this is the big gig. What's next?" She says, we do it again and again, and that's my life. Um, and he's kind of realizing the thing that he idolized so often doesn't make him feel like he thought it would. Similar to the fish who's already in the ocean, who thought there was something better than what was already all around him. Which is, I mean, and they don't try to solve that problem. They don't come back to that at all. Joe doesn't have this revelation. He just says, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then goes back to find 22. And, you know, so it's it's like all these things, these big concepts, they just leave in the air. Yeah. And just to comment on that, I think that let's say you have this goal your whole life. And let's say you're in your mid 20s, maybe early 30s, and you reach that goal. And you're like, okay, this is it. You're like, what's next? Yeah. I think you have to have where you keep you have to keep having goals to reach for you to feel like you kind of have a purpose in a way. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's the right word to use. Sure. But you can kind of, I guess in a way, go crazy because you feel like there's nothing else left to do. You have to keep pushing yourself, trying to reaching try to reach higher goals mm -hmm. in a way yeah but i mean they don't really say that in the movie but that's no, kind of my interpretation don't. of it yeah yeah and i think that was very much on purpose it's just you get to decide what that means for you i don't know it's different for everyone everyone has a different reason for living i guess um yeah i also say that i liked the film i like the fact that um they did all of these big concepts and things through the eyes of this African-American male in New York. They could have picked anyone, right? Really, Joe's story of playing music isn't the point in this, right? Um, it's more about this journey of life and the things you love to do, which could have been any character of any age, but picking an older African-American male, I don't, that was just nice. It was a, not everything has to be Black Panther, right? You know, <laughs> it, you know, they're, you don't have to carry the weight of the world. Of black you don't community. have to carry the weight of the world. <laughs> we don't need a reminder. He didn't have to. I don't know. There wasn't like a protest of a Eric Garner wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, those things are important and we need to talk about them. Um, but it was nice to live in a fictional world for just a few minutes where those things didn't happen or didn't didn't exist. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes mm -hmm. for. And it's been the criticism for the longest that, you know, 
or uh, even in in recent times, there's been this there's this big push a few months ago for celebrating Black voices, right? So a lot of streaming services and music um, services have um, categories celebrating Black voices, and if you go in that category, sometimes on like Netflix and Hulu, I think have one. Half the movies are about slavery, and a quarter of them are about prison sentences and all this. And it's inspirational stories about Black struggle. Um, but there aren't many uplifting ones. And that's really depressing. The fact that Hollywood hasn't seen fit to do that um, on a large scale. So I'm glad this movie is in that positive category. Yeah, I agree. I mean, most of the stuff that wins awards or that's kind of like a, a bigger movie that wins an award is depicting slavery or, you know, the mm -hmm. struggle. You know? Right. I mean, it's it's not exactly always like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there are so many more stories to tell. Uh, even, even if they're old stories, there are some positive ones to tell as well. Um, but those haven't haven't had the same success, unfortunately. Unless you're Tyler Perry, I guess. Um, then you, but that's a different category. Stop, stop throwing shots at him. I, I mean, I don't like every single one of his movies, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> were, were we missing that? Were we missing uh, a Medea or a Tyler Perry uh, cameo in this film? That we need. Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> why was I mean, just why couldn't Tyler Perry be one of the mentors? I guess they'd have to kill him for it to be a mentor, but <laughs> <laughs> he might have got him taken off the air or something. Right, right, Get rid of right. This movie. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, I was not missing Medea in soul form. No, I, I definitely don't want that. Um, shouldn't have been Joe's aunt. That would have been terrible. Just. <laughs> <laughs> just taking over the scene with like 30 minutes of comedy sitting in the same spot making the same joke for 15 minutes looking at you boo <laughs> Halloween <laughs> they just sat in the living room and talked for 30 minutes of the movie <laughs> Julian <laughs> Yeah, I was like, is this scene just going on for too long? Or I just it haven't seen like, types of movies. It felt like I was at somebody's house and like I only came by to say hello and there were three other people already there who were having a really long conversation and I didn't know how to leave. Like <laughs> just, <laughs> I felt trapped in that movie. Yeah, you just try to leave. Um but I also want to say that I think Black Panther was very important in yeah. not just what it showed, but in its success. You mm -hmm. know, it's not all about slavery or mm -hmm. struggle. Right. There can be a mostly Black cast with positivity, um, you know, just trying to overcome, you know, like a, a certain little struggle or an obstacle, like somebody in, let me see, um, I'm trying to think of another movie. You know, just it doesn't always have to be about slavery, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and Black Panther, it, it shined a light on that because um, it was oh, very popular. So. It made a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. It showed black people in a very great way. And I'm pretty sure a lot of women enjoy the movie, too, because of the the um, the warriors in the movie. Um, yeah. The, the Dormelage. Mm -hmm. is, is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, yeah. Yes, so Carmen in there, it, independence, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, they they showed a whole bunch in there, and I mean, it it was more than just the movie; it was an event. <laughs> yes, it was a whole event. Um, but yeah, we kind of got off topic, but so I think it's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, for all those reasons. It's a must watch. If you haven't done it already, definitely watch it. You will have mixed emotions, feelings, thoughts afterwards. Um, and they're really fun to talk about with others and what they got from the movie and what you missed and other things. Of course, it still has the Easter eggs that are in all the Pixar films. There's theories about how it fits into the Pixar universe and all those things are still there to love. Um, so yeah, I will say I was interested. I was surprised that they didn't have Jimmy Fox sing. He's not known for his singing, I guess nowadays. Um, but moving on to alcohol. I mean, at, a little auto tune in there, but 
surprised, <laughs> surprised he didn't do any singing in there. Um, I thought it was really interesting. So I forget his name, forget his name, but a real life pianist who was a part of the making of this film um, was the inspiration for Joe's hands and body movements and how he played the piano. Like they did the dot thing, like in Polar Express, where they like map everything out. Um, so a lot of those movement, movements and gestures while sitting at the piano are to a T accurate. You know, I don't play the piano, but I would imagine even the keys that were stroked in the film are probably real. Um, so it was, it was nice. It was different, right? A kid's movie that's a, with tons of music that's not a musical, right? Um, that's... No, it's not a musical. It's not a musical at all. This music is highly influenced, right? You, th I mean, the music you hear that Joe plays and the music that the students play, um, Dorothea Williams and the band, that kind of music. Then you have the music that's the great, the elevator escalator, I guess, the great beyond, has this sci-fi, weightless music feeling. Um, and a similar one, but on a lighter, happier note, in the great before, there's this interesting music tone that sounds electric, but flowy. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, very interesting. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I guess I just didn't realize that there just wasn't any music like, you mm -hmm. know, how a, a usual Disney mo movie is where they got a sing-along song or something. Right, and it would have been easy in this. In this. It would have been easy because it's about a music teacher. He could have been at the piano at the end of class and be like, no, I want you to play like this. And then start singing. Maybe it's not even an actual song, but it's like, you know, random things around the room and it just becomes a song. Um, Dorothea Williams was a saxophone player in this. And I'll add, in my short time playing the saxophone, the sounds in this film, you can tell that they really had the mics on a real saxophone for her playing because you can hear the clicks of the pads on the metal of the saxophone. And that's not something that I was looking for to hear, like, ooh, they're going to do that right. But it took me back to when I played the saxophone because you only hear those sounds when you're up close playing it. And when they zoomed in on her and when she first came on, you could hear those sounds. You could hear the tongue touching the reed in between the notes um and it's like wow they the attention to detail here and it's like i'm not surprised i mean this is the same studio that spent like four years perfecting water um just because they wanted water to look nice um in a cartoon <laughs> so i'm not surprised but the level of detail even in the sounds everything is so pristine and i'll and some of the scenes in new york where they're walking around especially the ones where there's not many characters in the background it almost looks like real life pictures because it's that crisp it's oh yeah scary good really good i mean especially the hair the the way that uh, that lineup and... <laughs> i mean he said i sure enough saved lives he was not kidding he you could see that they had individually some of the white. He had some gray hair, some white hairs in there. Each follicle was individual. And you could tell when he needed a haircut, it looked like it. When he was getting the haircut, it looked like it. And when he got the haircut, it looked like it. Like there was a physical difference between all three of those images, which I feel like is very, I mean, that's extremely positive. I'd love to see it. Um, but you think back to black or or other um race identities throughout uh comic books or um cartoons they either have massive dreads that are unrealistic um they have just a like a microphone top it's not an afro and it's not oh yeah paid. i know what you're talking it's, about <laughs> it's like a microphone <laughs> top. it's not a lineup it's just a little curve it's, 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 <laughs> you, those are the hairstyles. It's bald, the microphone top, or the flat top was real popular early 2000s. Every black kid had a flat top. <laughs> 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 the, 
that's fine. But the level of detail they took in this film, making each of the hairstyles different, and it takes them hours, weeks to get that hair right. I remember in Brave is whenever they perfected the hair follicles because they want her hair to really stand out. And Moana was when they perfected, or really it was the good dinosaur, but no one watches that movie. So Moana yeah. is when they <laughs> when they perfected water on screen. Um, and all those things just add up to movies like this, where the movies can be about less big things and look so much better than it's just super crisp. I mean, you look at this and look at the first Toy Story, it hurts your eyes. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. It's oh, the first Toy Story looks like a PlayStation One cutscene, <laughs> and that was a big step at the time. It, at the time, it was revolutionary. The first computer-generated um, animated film. Um, who would have thought they'd be here? We're now we're talking about hair follicles. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. The amount of technology and growth we have seen in our lifetime. If it's matched at this same rate for the next generation, I mean, we're either going to blow up It'll the world or have too many cars. There's no in between. <laughs> Tenant will happen. That's what will happen. Oh, Tenant. Of course, that. <laughs> Another great film with an African-American lead that is about more than being black. <laughs> well, I don't know about great film, but it's, um, it's interesting. It's pretty good. It's pretty neat. Okay. I was going to send you a video to watch about that movie. It's pretty fun. Okay. Yeah, definitely send it to me. Because um, I, I, I think I need a little bit more interpretation <laughs> to see if I can just think about watching it again. Right. I don't know yeah. if it'll make you want to watch it again, but it definitely points out everything that you think and everything that I think. And it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but back to the point where you're talking about how realistic everything looks. Yeah. I think video games have no excuse. Um, um just just no excuse. Um this is way off topic, but there was a recent game called Cyberpunk that came out. It had so yes. much hype. I think it had maybe 10, 12, 15 years in development and it was pushed back two or three times this year and it came out in December or well, not even this year, December of 2020 and it was a huge mess, nothing but glitches all over the place. And I actually considered getting that, that game. <laughs> but with the way that technology has advanced so much over the years, and you just see this with all these films, I know it's not exactly the same type of technology, but still, video games should not be this glitchy when you're almost 15 years in development. How, how does this happen? I guess they got they, they have the problem of unpredictability because they make the character so fluid and obviously you, the player, are controlling it. So it's not the same as making a static film that's going to be played the same way over and over again, I guess. That's my not knowing anything about game development response. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying about the, the game having to... It's... You're in control as the player, so it can be controlled in different ways. And with a film, it's going to be played one time, the, I mean, the same way every time. Right. But I don't think a game should be so glitchy and just terrible like this when you just had so many years to develop it. There's no excuse for that. This game was highly anticipated for many years. Yeah. I mean, I don't... You're right. They don't have many excuses. I remember back in the day with video games, you walk in a corner and you just fall out of the sky. You just keep falling. And you got to turn the game off and start it over. <laughs> you just went outside. Look on the CD because all scratched up. Right, right. You go, you like, you press the wrong direction in a certain door and now you're upside down walking on the bottom of a box that is the world um, and you can't get out. Uh, or I remember glitches in, uh, you remember um, X-Men, no, it was Ultimate Alliance, the um, yeah. big Marvel game. There were some times where you get a flying character, you can just find a hole, and you can just fly straight up over the map and just drift over to the other end and avoid everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just found a hole in the, in the ceiling. <laughs> it just lets you go. Um, 
And then you, you people have to catch up. But it's always fun finding those things. But nowadays, reasons I don't play games, these things are too expensive to have those problems. So I understand why you're upset about that. Yeah, the games are just way more expensive, and you don't get the full game when you first get it, which is ridiculous. Oh, wow, it's one of those. I mean, that's just about every game now, where they got DLC. For the other side. I see, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. It's it's not every single game, but a lot of games are doing that. Where I mean, it's not the full game. Um, it's mostly just getting skins and packs and all that stuff, and sometimes an extra story map or something. But um, that we've gone too far to the left. But um, I, so it's a great movie. So let's go ahead and um, wrap this up with a rating. So the lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So how'd you rate the film Soul? I'm gonna rate Soul a certified banger. I'm going to rate it that way because, for one, it's a bargain because it's on Disney+. Plus. You don't pay extra for it, so I'm saving money. Two, it's a compelling lead um, by Jimmy Fox. I was very impressed by his performance, his voice performance in the animation. And three, I've never had to think this hard and be so happy about it when watching a movie. Usually I'm thinking hard because I don't understand it or it's a complicated plot, but this one is like refreshing in a way i would agree i mean a lot of the questions that get brought up they're questions that make you think about yourself and your own life mm -hmm. like what are you doing right right <laughs> but um i'm gonna rate it as a mid-level banger okay um of course it's a great all-around movie brings up a lot of questions about life and what you're doing um but i just wish I'm not, I'm not sure if this would have fit into the film, but just I, I wish I could have learned more about the great beyond. And mm -hmm. also the thing about the zone, them getting in and out of it. Eh, I mean, I, I felt like that was the most unbelievable part. Like, OK, you, you're going a little bit far with this. This guy who's um, he's I don't even know what he is. He, I don't think he even he, he, I, he's a bum. He's he's a science twirler. He gets paid. But that is his only job. He probably doesn't shower. <laughs> yes. But he can he can consciously control getting in and out of I mean the the afterlife in a way. I mean you can look at it that way. Yeah, I um, mean he's in touch with his soul. Um and can go in between. Um also they call themselves the Mystics Without Borders, a play on doctors without borders, people who an organization that helps people around the world. So very fun little interesting thing they did there um yeah but they could just go in and out of it just willingly i thought that was the most unbelievable part and um why isn't somebody like terry coming in between this trying to um true to get, get in between it I, I don't know it's i see what you're saying right it must mess with the balance some way but i guess they allow it to happen um and it's one of the, like, 15 minutes or so into this film, pretty much when he falls through that hole and you go to the U seminar, learning about what this place is, um, the great before, you realize this movie is nothing what you thought it was. <laughs> this this is different. Um, like, I saw the little picture of the soul, little blue guy, little blue girl 22, whoever they are. But it didn't, I didn't get that it'd be like this. I don't know if you had those similar thoughts, but I, I was like, what is this movie? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a trailer in months right. since the beginning of 2020 <laughs> when we didn't know what was coming. Right. But <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know what to expect going into this, but I felt like I would like it. Just trying to think back to the trailer, the first trailer that I watched. Um, I was excited I think about it. it. Might have been. Yeah, it might have been one of my most anticipated films, but um, I just wasn't ready. No, I was excited because I think the trailer that I saw it had the barbershop in there, and I saw pictures of the other characters. Someone had shared some pictures, some screenshots. Um, it looked so detailed, and I was like, wow, this just looks really good. Um, 
And I think, honestly, I didn't think much about the plot. I just saw that this movie looked like it was a really good artwork piece, and I wanted to see it. But I don't think I had any idea what to expect as far as the story. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point, I would say in the next few years, it's going to be pretty much a given. I mean, it should be at this point that the film should just look flawless from top to bottom in detail. Um, the surroundings, the areas, all of that should look that that's a given that should look automatically amazing. Right. And people might be just expecting this top of the line storyline um, mm -hmm. because in a way, uh, I think we, we used to be very impressed with the effects in, let's say, superhero movies or yeah. um, these action films, but that doesn't really impress people much anymore. You, you need to have a good story. Mm -hmm. This is true. This is a big complaint of what people are afraid of. We're running out of a story. We need a storyline. This movie is a storyline and a half. Um, and I think the things that you would like to see more of They'd have to do like a mini series. I encourage you to, I don't know if you watch the extras, but you should watch the extras because they do talk about the great before a little bit um, and the, and the um, great beyond and why it is the way it is. Um, and apparently you can purchase a book. Um, it's a, it's a model. It's like a children's book, but it, kind of explains some of the topics. Like it even goes through 22's personality and what her little stickers meant um, and who they are. And the same for Joe. Um, but it it it's still very vague, but it does offer additional information about the Great Before and Great Beyond. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to check it out. Um, gotta get that login again, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've been locked out. I haven't been on there in so long. Oh no! <laughs> and definitely got to get it for those um, Marvel shows because you got WandaVision coming up pretty 15th? soon. Fifteenth. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, do you know if? Well, I might need to ask this off here, but do you know if it's going to be all at once, all the episodes at once, or they're going to? No, I think it's like the Mandalorian, where they're um, once a week. Ah, okay. So it's going to take us a while to review it. Yeah, I think they're doing it piece by piece, episode by episode. I'm not sure how many episodes there are. All right. Well, I'm excited. But um, I guess we'll end it right there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description. And you can also send us a message to get featured on the podcast. Uh, so click that link in the description. And thanks for listening.